Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is April 21st. In 1836, Texans led by Sam Houston defeated the Mexicans at San Jacinto, assuring Texas's independence. Remember the Alamo is a phrase well known. Do you know what it means? Sam Houston had already served in the U.S. House of Representatives and as governor of Tennessee when he moved to Texas in 1832. At the time he arrived, Texas was a part of Mexico and the site of rising tensions and violent disturbances between Mexican authorities and Anglo-Senators from the United States. Voicing his support for a separate state of Texas, Houston emerged as a leader among the settlers. In 1835, he was chosen commander-in-chief of the Texas Army. The Alamo was an 18th century Franciscan mission in San Antonio, Texas, which the location for an important battle for Texans fighting for independence from Mexico. In 1836, a small group of Texans was defeated by Mexican General Santa Ana. When Houston received word of the defeat at Alamo, he was inspired to begin a month-long retreat to regroup and replenish the Texas Army's strengths. Remembering how badly the Texans had been defeated at the Alamo on April 21st of 1836, Houston's army won a quick battle against the Mexican forces at San Jacinto and gained independence for Texas. Soon after Houston was elected president of the Republic of Texas, he continued to serve as senator and governor after Texas became a a part of the United States in 1845. Sam Houston died in 1863 in Huntsville, Texas, where a 67-foot-tall memorial statue of him now stands. After a lifetime of service to his country, the event for which he is most well known is in his role in Independence of Texas. In 1962, the Space Needle opened on this day, an icon of Seattle. It all started with a doodle. In 1959, Seattle Whole Hotel executive Edward Carlson, who was a chief organizer of the 1962 World's Fair, traveled to Stuttgart, Germany, where he was inspired by a broadcast tower featuring a restaurant. He doodled an idea of a dominant central structure for a fair on a napkin in a hotel cafe, convinced that such a tower could make a permanent centerpiece for the fair and enduring symbol for Seattle. He called it a space needle. Carlson and his supporters soon found moving the symbol from doodle to the drawing board and then to construction phase was far from easy. The first obstacle was the structure's final design. Carlson's sketch initially underwent many transformations, including designs that resembled a landed UFO, a tethered balloon, and even a cocktail shaker with a tram ferrying visitors up to the top. Architect John Graham Jr., fresh from success in designing the world's first auto-centric shopping mall, Seattle's Northgate, and experimenting with a revolving bar in Hawaii, focused on a flying saucer-shaped top house. Graham's team worked on sketches and ideas before a final design was reached just a year and a half before the World's Fair. Architect Victor Steinbrock came up with a wasp waist's tower shape based on an abstract sculpture of a dancer called the Feminine One. Location and financing were also major challenges. The tower had to be privately financed and situated on land that could be acquired for private use on the fairgrounds. Early investigations included such a plot of land did not exist. However, just before the search was abandoned, a suitable 120-foot by 120-foot lot on the site of an old fire station was found and sold to the investors for $75,000 $75, in 1961, just 13 months before the opening of the World's Fair. 
Construction managed by the Howard S. Wright Construction Company progressed quickly. An underground foundation was poured into a hole 30 feet deep and 120 feet across. It took 467 cement trucks an entire day to fill the hole and the largest continuous concrete pour ever attempted on the west. Once the pour was completed, the foundation weighed as much as the Space Needle itself, establishing the center of gravity just 5 feet above ground. In December of 1961, the basic Space Needle Tower was completed eight months after it began. In keeping with the 21st century theme of the World's Fair, the final coats of paint were dubbed Astronaut White for the legs, Orbital Olive for the core of the structure, Reentry Red for the halo, and Galaxy Gold for the sunburst and pagoda roof. The Space Needle's chief engineer, John Messinian, also designed rocket gantries for NASA. The Space Needle officially opened the first day of the World's Fair. During the expo, the tower hosted an estimated 2.65 million visitors. They included world celebrities including Elvis Presley, the Shah and Empress of Iran, Prince Philip of Great Britain, Bobby Kennedy, Walter Cronkite, John Wayne, Bob Hope, Chubby Checker, Billy Graham, John Glenn, Jonas Salk, Carol Channing, Neil Armstrong, Lyndon Johnson, Walt Disney, and scores of others. The mast originally topping the structure was a national natural gas torch that was lit up at night in rainbow colors. In the well-trafficked skies above the Somme River in France, Baron Manfred von Richthofen, the notorious flying ace known as the Red Baron, was killed by Allied fire on April 21st of 1918. Richthofen, the son of Prussian noblemen, switched from the German army to the Imperial Air Service in 1915. By 1916, he was terrorizing the skies over the Western Front in an albatross biplane downing 15 enemy planes by the end of the year, including one piloted by British flying ace Major Lano Hawker. In 1917, Richthofen surpassed all flying ace records on both sides of the Western Front and began using a Fokker a triplane painted entirely red in tribute to his old cavalry regiment. Although only used during the last eight months of his career, it was this aircraft which he was most commonly associated and led to an enduring English nickname for the German pilot, the Red Baron. On April 21st of 1918, with 80 victories underneath his belt, he led a squadron of triplanes deep into Allied territory in France on a search for British observation aircraft. The flight drew the attention of the Allied squadron led by Canadian Royal Air Force pilot Captain Arthur Roy Brown. As Richthofen pursued a plane piloted by Brown's compatriot, Wilfred May, the Red Baron ventured too far into enemy territory and too low to the ground. Two miles behind enemy lines, just as Brown caught up with Richthofen and fired on him, the chase passed over an Australian machine gun battery whose rifleman opened fire. Richthofen was hit in the torso, though he managed to land his plane alongside the road from Corby to Bray, near Célie de la Sac. He was dead by the time Australian troops reached him. Brown is often given credit for downing Richthofen from the air, but some claimed it was actually an Australian gunner on the ground who fired the fatal shot. Debate continues to this day. He was buried by the Allies in a small military cemetery in Bretagne, France, with full military honors. He was 25 years old at the time of his death. His body was later moved to a larger cemetery at Fricor. In 1925, it was moved again at the behest of his brother, Karl Balko, this time to Berlin, where he was buried in Invaliden Cemetery in a large state funeral. In a time of wooden and fabric aircraft, when 20 victories ensured a pilot legendary status, the Red Baron downed 80 enemy aircraft and went down in history as one of the greatest heroes to emerge from World War I on either side of the conflict. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. 
I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com Texas Wins Independence at AmericasLibrary.gov Seattle Space Needle at SpaceNeedle.com and the Red Baron German Fighter Ace Killed at History.com The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.